Blog Talk Radio. I've been really disappointed with the sound quality of this show recently. And, uh, 
I uh, and there's not much I can do about it. I, I I I've tried a number of things, but I can't. Um, I don't know. I I just don't know. So uh, just put, bear with me, folks, if you can hear the show. Um, yeah, the best I can do for now. Um. I was reading the third eye last week, and I continued. I wanted to continue this, but the, the, the difficulty that I have with this particular um, book isn't so much that. I mean, there's a lot to be said in it, no, no doubt about it. But what what the problem is is that. Um,
than ever before. We find all sorts of unexpected people playing enthusiastically with these jewels, as if they were bright new toys. On every hand we hear glib talk of trances, visions, healings, and divine guidance. We hear of intimate relationships with the masters of mystical experiences upon the path, and we have given full details of initiations, reincarnations, and black magic, and black and white, um, and hundreds of societies and cults with scores of teachers have sprung up everywhere like a mushroom growth, and of course, they mostly claim to be the special instrument of the Great White Lodge. Well, now it is maybe that many of these people are childish, and that some of them remain materialistic and jealous, and even profiteer with their spiritual goods. Nevertheless, two things stand out. Firstly, there is a growing widespread demand for enlightenment on these subjects, and a deepening sense of existence of such knowledge. Second, there, secondly, rather, every sub, everything that is being uh, that is being given out everywhere bears the same stamp, deposits, and same laws, and makes fundamentally the same promises, in spite of superficial and surface differences. It would all appear to come from one original source, and that source to have been the very ancient teachings of the greatest sages and mystics of all times, which has existed the world over in much of the same form. And although people are still perhaps infantile and naive over the treasures of knowledge so freshly represented to them, yet their interest is intense and their numbers are growing. Furthermore, as is all their various forms, these teachings yet tally in laying emphasis on brotherhood, unselfishness, generosity, and peace, they would seem to form some kind of opposition to the propensities for slaughter, oppression, greed, and selfishness, which are causing widespread havoc in various parts of the world. True among these cults are to be found many cranks, hypocrites, and other undesirables, but these people would exist in any case. They may have more chance of regeneration where they are. It is necessary always to distinguish between the teachings and the teacher. It is possible to learn beautiful truths from a very unbeautiful character who in that way may be working off his karmic debts. So fascinating, I thought. (coughs) The great revival of interest in occult subjects began toward the close of last century. It is said that the and this this book was written in 1960, so they're talking about at the turn of the 20th century, um, 19th to 20th century. Um, it is said that the close of any century ushers in a foretaste of the knowledge to be assimilated in the next, and certain it is that 50 years ago there was an intense pioneering activity in in research both occult and scientific, the theosophists, the um, Christian scientists and the spiritualists, the hypnotists, the mesmerists, the healers, resulted from these activities to which were drawn many eminent men and women of the time who have left behind a wealth of printed records of their studies and testified experiences, or experiments, rather. Much of uh, much of all of these results may be doubted by the skeptics, but there is no smoke without fire. The impartial uh, inquirer, 
do well to observe that in all these diverse activities, much the same type of manifestations, information, mysterious laws appear to have come to light. Those who are studying these things from the mental and philosophical angle were headed by a remarkable woman called H.B. Blavatsky, whose strange personality and exhaustive research into ancient Eastern mystical records and, and produced almost an encyclopedia upon a subject in her do, secret doctrine and other books. The, the theosophist, um, headed by Anne Bessant, uh, carried on the work. And during the same period of um, their knowledge, to um, sorry, and during the same period, uh, a very ancient sect called the Rosicrucians were allowed to begin to give out a little of their knowledge to the public. Much of this work was accomplished by Rudolf Steiner and men like Max uh, Heindel, and the, uh, uh, the less intellectually inclined were provided for by the spiritualists. Christian scientists, Mezer, uh, Dr. Koo, and others. Everything has done by my fair means. Sorry. Everything was done by fair means and possibly foul to uh, uh, awaken people to a sense of the potency of the inner world. The seeds thus sown germinated and persisted, and today there is a big field of these activities which excites little uh, comment because it has grown to be a part of the life of the public. What are the principal elements of the more exalted of these teachings? We hear first of all of the great plan for the evolution of humanity, which develops through spirit in souling seven great races and dwelling on seven great continents, of which Lumeria and then Atlantis were the first two. The earth itself is to have seven successive incarnations before becoming spiritualized, and all this is only a tiny little cog in the wheel of planetary evolution. Planets come into successive birth, just as does humanity, both individually and collectively, and so do solar systems. Now that's, now this, if you're not, if it doesn't blow you away, I, I don't know what does. You know, it blows, blew me away, all right, to, to hear this and to understand this, because, um, just validating what my own um, beliefs were and that my own experiments, my own visions were. And uh, when I read this, I went, oh my God, I've been there, I've seen it, I I fully understand this. And I said, I must, you know, I must teach this, <laughs> you know, I must read this, I must let people know about this if they don't know already. Well, anyway, that's, that's why I'm here tonight. And uh, yeah. So anyway, plants plants come into successive birth just as as humanity, both individually, collectively, and so do solar systems. Presiding over our solar system is the hierarchy, and all their staff of graduate of of. Um, Great, I'm sorry, graded helpers mentioned in the Bible as the seven spirits before the throne, the archangels, the angels, the cherubim, and seraphim. Humanity is in the school of earth graduating to be qualified to fill.
fill such exalted positions in the dim future. The first to pass these mystic examinations, called initiations, will be ready to re- will be ready to replace those of the celestial company who are promoted to higher positions. Having um, attained such status, they have no longer any need of earth lessons, but they sometimes select to come back to help humanity and set them an example for the perfect human life, as did Jesus Christ, the Buddha, and many others in earliest history. In fact, we are told that the gods themselves instructed humanity at the dawn of the, of, at the dawn of history, at which time humanity was entirely conscious of the inner world and had gradual and, and had gradually to learn to become aware of the crystallizing physical plane. <clears throat> the gods on those members are those members of the hierarchy who are in charge of the elements and the, and the different forces of nature have always been appreciated throughout the ages and worshipped in excellent symbolic form by such people as the Egyptians and Assyrians and the Chinese. All these faiths in their original root form acknowledge the one God overall. For instance, if we study the revival of that pure religion as it was cultivated by King Akhenaten, Akhenaten, we will see that he founded it upon a former faith existing thousands of years previous to his time, which worshipped the one God. We are told that humanity has had to pass through a long, dark age of materialism in which to learn to master physical matter by its own means. This accomplished, it will rise once more from the maya and or illusion of the importance of matter and focus its eyes upon the real inner world of causes and realities. Human beings are built originally. Uh, we are told with a special organ with which to register the finer vibrations of the physical world, the realm of the ethers. This organ was known, as we have said, as the third eye. The third eye is placed between the other two at the root of the nose and has its seat near the penal gland. It is said that the earliest people of all used only that middle eye and were known as the cyclops. We are told that the that during the embryonic uh, development of the human species, at first man's only organ was one which he used to feel with and to differentiate between heat and cold. In time, this organ recessed, and the first sense of touch spread all over the nervous system and through the skin. Apparently, man's second organ to develop was his one eye, which he used to see all non-solid matter, which was all that existed at the time. As the earth solidified, man developed his two physical eyes which, with which to view the solid world, and his um, second organ recessed, its uh, etheric sight spreading all over the nervous system and having its seat in the solar plexus. It is said that, the, that each of man's five senses will eventually spread all over his body in the same way. The capacity for sight in the lower, non-solid, etheric portion of the physical plane is therefore one of the most primitive involuntary functions which man shares with the animals. 
he is only when it is only when this ability is brought by willpower and share uh, and training under the control of man's higher faculties and made to work in conjunction with the centers of his head and it becomes a real value thus coordinated uh, all three activities are oftenly closely classed under the heading of the third eye and for the present it will simply ma- simplify matters if we sometimes do this also as physical eyesight developed the etheric eye recessed but through dormant but although dormant rather at present in most people it is only awaiting development and training to be to be reawakened this training is a part of a deliberate mystical development which was well understood and thoroughly provided for in the ancient temples no high ruler or pharaoh was eligible without such training the fact of this of his unf- of his finished apprenticeship was announced by a knob upon the forehead of his statue um representing the awakened third eye okay or by a serpent's head rearing from his his own to show that he has raised the kundalini serpent so so you know the, the egyptians and the ancients were operated under the third eye and under under these remarkable spiritual uh, um, and mental processes which we have lost you know over the years which we've um somehow managed to cover up uh, and stop using <laughs> the chinese mandarin wore a peacock's feather in his headdress to represent the same development the functioning of the third eye puts the individual in touch with a greater part of the physical world all that part which is invisible to the physical eyesight the physical world is divided as is all else into seven interplanet uh interpenetrating planes or strata these are solid liquid gases and four kinds of ether these physical eye can register or see the vibrations of the third of the first three the third eye can voluntarily register or see the vibrations of the four ethers Certain creatures and types of activity such as human beings and waterfalls have their final outer expression in solid form form Many other beings and types of activity have their final outer expression in either or rather ether form or etheric matter or it is a call as it is called For instance we are told that the angels have an etheric body as their outer coat instead of a solid physical one as we have and they this is because eons ago at the time when they went through the went through the human or individualizing stage the ether was the densest condition of matter in existence when the third eye is open the individual begins to see all the manifold creatures and activities of the ether and he approaches much nearer to the causes and realities of life the mind can can have power over everything which it can 
visualize. Therefore, while man is thus studying and learning to comprehend life in the ethers, he is able to develop the power to use and control some of this life. He sees, for instance, exactly what his thoughts are and what happens to them. Once he has thoroughly comprehended the region of thought, he uses and controls his thinking apparatus to much greater purpose. He also studies the records of the Earth's history, which uh, exist in the ethers in photographic form. He also gains an acquaintance with the plane described as the fourth dimension, the power to penetrate with one's sight or consciousness in every direction at once and backwards and forwards through time. Time and space are, tip, are physical attributes, but only an infinitesimal uh, fraction of their limits can be apprehended by the senses while using their fleshly encasement. The yoga, I'm sorry, the yogi or sage who wishes to know truth at the first hand and to study the workings of the universe sets himself earnestly and patiently to reawaken his third eye into activity using time-worn and tested methods. He proceeds to study the conditions in each of the four ethers. He gradually accustoms himself to the study of the con um, himself to discriminate between and sum up the unaccustomed intricacies of interpenetrating mobile and changing activities. The task is extraordinarily difficult and unimaginable to the ordinary man, but the sage has access to instruction and help of which many of our less advanced mediums and psychics of the West are ignorant. Truth is the essence of purity and therefore, as the sage knows, can only be contacted by one of a like vibration. Therefore, the wise one acknowledges the first step to be the attainment of a condition of purity, purity of motive, purity of living, a very little understood condition. He next works to bring the brain under the complete subjection of his will instead of at the mercy of outside influences. By a series of carefully planned carefully planned exercises, he trains his mental equipment to much the same way as a dancer trains their muscles. The dancer gains complete control of her body at the cost of tremendous work and sacrifice, while the sage for amount the sage for about the same cost of effort gains complete control of the mind. The mind is a very powerful instrument. We cannot say much about it at this juncture, except that it can be compared with material of electrical constituency, um, which has, if concentrated to one point, the same burning quality as fire. If a mind is divided upon several thoughts, its burning force is dispersed in various directions. If concentrated upon one point, it, it becomes as a burning glass to the sun, uh, of its own ego. The efforts of the yogi for or any spiritual aspirant is directed uh, towards achieving one point, pointedness of the mind. With this sharp instrument, he can then bore through all the shells of illusion to the very truth and essence of all life. 
He can also deliberately weld them and mold with his mind creative patterns which will help to shape the future. He is no longer confined to the haphazard creative efforts of the average man. He can create from the inside with the invisible sources of, of things. With such capacities, he can heal, prophesy, and teach from the source of truth. Such attributes the true Christian also is dedicated to see because they are the gifts of the Holy Ghost. To do these things, however, it is not enough to have opened the third eye of the eye of the soul. This knowledge of the universe must be linked with the highest creative force within the body before creative activity can follow. The seat of this creative force is in the throat, in the thyroid gland. When the magnetism of the soul dominates the body, it draws up reverse forces. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, draws up reverse force from the base of the spine, where it is used for animal nature, to the throat. And we mentioned in the description of the Kundalini serpent, this fire of creative force can then be used for the inspired creative work of various kinds. But the highest expression of the power of the throat center lies in this spoken word. God spoke and created the world. Christ spoke and called to the dying to arise and walk. Man is a God in, that, in the making, and the goal is waiting before him. When once he has set his feet firmly upon the path of attainment, his earnest aspiration will burn the dross off out of his body and mind. Then, by degree, the centers of force located within his seven major glands will be enabled to function. These centers, named by the Indians as chakras, okay, connect him with the knowledge of and power uh, consciously to work in the different planes of matter. Man's whole mentality can by this means be reoriented and changed from a limited conception of the third dimensional objective life to a broad understanding concerning the why and the wherefore of the universe and his own part in the scheme of things. He achieves a telepathic union with the mind of the being whose body is this solar system, sometimes spoken of as comic consciousness. The science of self-development along these lines usually includes special dieting, fasting, breathing, and posture, but the principal aspect of this training is known as meditation. The practice of meditation is creeping into various uh, of the Western cultures and occult societies under different guises and, alas, in some cases, in incomplete and misconceived forms. However, the germ of the idea has already taken root in the West, and as everything is speeded up nowadays, it may come to be more quickly understood than we could expect. The third factor, which is necessary for this attainment of man, is the heart sequestered in one of the ventricles of the heart is what is called the seed atom of man's physical body. That's right. It contains a minute image of a man himself and his own body is said to 
be a large replica of it. This seed atom is the little record um, is the little record, the actual essence of the man's personality, the link or channel between him and his soul. It holds the silver cord to the heart, and when it is severed and um, and death occurs, the seed atom leaves the body and is preserved in the subtler realms under the man's reincarnation when he is formed from it again. We can say, therefore, that the actual man himself is the real personality. His essence, his memory, and all of him that will endure dwells in the last analysis within the heart. For this reason, all that man learns uh, through training and combining his physical brain with his higher mind must be linked with that with his heart um, before it is really his. And Christ said, "As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he." Okay, and where a man's heart is, there will his treasure be. Okay, the function, action, and quality of the heart is love. Love, in its broadcast, or I'm sorry, in its broadest sense is the desire for a union with the divine spirit of the Creator, which permeates all life. Love is the magnet which holds all life together. Its attraction is so strong that nothing can resist it. And through the direct access of the heart to the divine spirit of the love of truth come those institutions which are always more reliable than the thought-out processes of the brain. Everything which you can love, you can understand. And put limitations to love and your uh, limit life. Um, that is what most of us do. We confine our love to one or two people and possessions and close ourselves to the rest of life. To reach the divine truth, therefore, the heart must desire it. The heart must love it above all else. And then the power of the heart will link the man with it uh, to his uh, illumined mind and brain and active penal gland and the pituitary body. The perfect triangle will have been formed, the triangle that has been drawn and symbolized and named in so many tongues. Then the birth of, ma of God in man takes place. Now, unless ye be reborn, um, we must quote the Christ in this uh, connection because his great work, we are told, um, was to flood the earth permanently with its own great spirit of love and to make it possible for humanity to attain his rebirth of the soul through the pure, straight channel of the heart alone. And since his coming, it has no longer been necessary to have uh, strict uh, occult training and deep mental development uh, before spiritual heights can be achieved. From then onwards, the heart has been able to reach illumination through um, direct union, through love and worship with the great Christ Spirit, and through following the standards set by its embodiment in the man, Jesus. Now, here I take 
I don't know, I take uh, some, um, I'm not offended by it, I can't say I am, but I, I'm I'm put off by it because so much of this makes sense and then it's led to, and it leads to Christianity. And that, um, whether it is or it doesn't, um, there's a it it, it 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 leads to a misinterpretation, all right, of Christhood, you know, for what I say, rather than Christ being the uh, savior or coming down to earth, the sacrifice of the Christ Spirit, in thus hearing the heavy mantle of earth vibration in order to support the faltering heart beat of humanity has been greater than we are able to imagine. Humanity would appear to be very slow in taking advantage of it and seems hardly able even to grasp the standard set for it as yet. Said, love thy neighbor as thyself, so simple and so clear, and quite enough to change this tortured earth to a lovely place. I, uh, I guess in my road to recovery, <laughs> my, my road to recovery, yeah. um, I find it so difficult to open up to that Along the path, 
we must not overreach ourselves or we will have to retrace our steps. Many of us, in fact, may choose... Uh, um, I'm sorry, I lost my place here. Uh, in fact, may choose subconsciously to continue with our most vital inner development only during our hours of sleep and to withhold our growing knowledge from the time uh, being uh, from our little waking brain. <laughs> but it is never too early for any of us to take the quickest way to begin to learn to love and to clear out all the accumulated rubbish of false thinking, intolerance, and greed, which is robbing us of the light of life. Whether we choose to approach the truth through the discipline of study, complex thought, and abstruse language, or through the discipline of self-sacrifice and service, the essence of that which we seek remains the same, too simple for words or brain, just a letting go of fear and ambition for the self. We are trying to overcome habits of thought embedded in our personalities for centuries. For some of us, this may only be possible at our present stage through a constant drilling of words, words, words. Others may be able to short-circuit them by a tremendous effort of love. But however the goal is approached and however it is achieved, let it be borne in mind that the gate of man's deliverance, his birth, as a god in human form is heralded by the reopening of the third eye, after which he will remain no longer blind to everything in life except the tiny excrescence which we call the physical world. Um, <laughs> uh, I covered a lot there. I mean, I know I covered a lot of ground there with that. Chapter and um, um, I'm not really sure if I can read this next one and uh, make it uh, make people understand where we're going. I hope so. Right? I mean, stuff can it it kind of confuses me. I mean, I, I have to admit. Uh, to be truthful, um. I'm a reader here. You know. I seem to have grasped some of this knowledge and a lot of this knowledge. And I know even now as I talk to you, I've been going through a vast awakening uh, in the last uh, few months, really. I've been noticing a change in my mind and my mindset and um, ever since I've been reading this book, actually, and, I, and, and trying to bring this information forward, uh, but I've also been reading another fascinating book that uh, has, has, has been, uh, well, actually several, several, I should say several books, uh, but one, one which I'm going to bring up uh, next week, I'm going to start talking about it, since we talked something about it tonight, about the fourth dimension. Uh, the next book I'm going to bring forward is... Uh, um, Thinking in thinking fourth dimensionally, <laughs> right. thinking in the fourth dimension, and uh, 
fascinating book by Neville Stoddard. Uh, uh, Stoddard? Neville, anyway. The mystic, uh, Amer- American mystic, actually, um, of Indian descent. And he, uh, uh, he a remarkable, remarkable man. He wrote many, many books and uh, taught. And he passed away in the late 70s, I believe, early 70s, late 70s. And uh, uh, I've always studied his work. Uh, I've had several books by him, and um, I always go back to them and read them, you know, because there's so many. Uh, it's it's so difficult and so easy to forget uh, how to do these techniques and how to um, how to have faith in them, actually, and 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 um, um, just just to try to understand them. You know, uh, bringing them into this life that we uh, that we live in, you know, and that, that we operate from this consciousness we're operating from, to bring those those levels of consciousness to us, um, it, it is, it's phenomenal and it's difficult. It takes a lot of concentration and a lot of a um, lot of heavy reading, if you will, but. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm committed to this cause, and I have been for, um, I'd say, 35 years of my life, uh, possibly more. And um, been trying to find this pathway that I'm on now, and 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 I believe I have. But it's a very difficult path, and it's filled with obstacles. But we're still trying. And every so often, these great books come along and uh, guides as guides and take our hand and lead us on, you know. And in this case, uh, this book has done that for me. Um, but uh, I'm still stumbling over some rocks here. Um, in the final pages of this, I, I just let me finish this last chapter. But such great spirits have done much of the preliminary work, like I just said. It is not necessary for all of us to travel the occult path to study deeply and to train as mystics. We are all at different stages along the path, and we must not reach, overreach ourselves, or we will have to retrace our steps. Many of us, in fact, may choose subconsciously to continue with our most vital inner development only during our hours of sleep and to withhold our growing knowledge for the time being from our little waking brain. (laughs) But it is never too early for any of us to take the quickest way to bring to learn to love and to clear out all of the accumulated rubbish of false thinking and tolerance and greed, which is robbing us of the light of life. Whether we choose to approach the truth through the discipline of study, complex thought, and obtruse, language, or through the discipline of self-sacrifice and service, this essence of that which we seek remains the same too simple for words or brains, just a letting go of fear and ambition for the self. Hmm. I tried that. I've tried that so often. Basically self-abandonment. And uh, it works. It works and many times it does, but 
unfortunately, you always have to come back to third-dimensional uh, thought <laughs> and life, and uh, and we come back here, and uh, just letting go of fear and ambition for the self. We are trying to overcome habits of thought embedded in our personalities for centuries. Uh, for some of us, this may only be possible for at our present stage through the constant drilling of words, words, words. Others may be able to short-circuit them in a tremendous effort of love. But however the goal is approached and however it is achieved, let it be borne in mind that the gate of man's deliverance is birth as a god in human form, is heralded by the reopening of the third eye, after which he will remain no longer blind to everything in life except the tiny excrescence which he call which we call rather the physical world. Um, in the next few minutes I'm going to uh, I want to go through this uh, I want to touch briefly on this next chapter and it's called um, the first steps to mastery. The mastery of which we speak is a potent inner quality that many that may manifest outwardly in various forms according to the decision of the ego or inner man. We are told that the ego decides before birth upon the experiences, hardships, and conditions of life by means of which it shall learn its next lesson, develop its next spiritual muscle upon earth. Um, in, it then chooses or is drawn to a birth date which will tune it into such a condition and select parents with whom it has already built up certain karma or obligations in former lives. It is pointless, therefore, for the individual to try to shirk, avoid, or mitigate um, the experiences and difficulties of his life, thus expressly selected to him, uh, to him. To do so would be merely to postpone the ensure the issue and lost uh, chances of development. The issue at hand is to learn to cert a certain spiritual law to cure a certain uh, to cure I'm sorry to cure a certain spiritual law to cure a certain defect in character and to develop a certain quality of mastery. Therefore, an intelligent man will strive to discover where he stands and what is the lesson he is required to learn. If he is then able, by an effort of will, to anticipate this lesson by deliberately training his heart and mind to the stage required, he may in this way obviate uh, the necessity for an unpleasant experience. Thus may a man learn to master his own stairs or uh, eradicate, or not stairs, his own stars by eradicating on his uh, character, those vibrations which attract the analogous, analogous disciplinary uh, stellar influences to him. Huh. Right. So anyway, um, I think, now we've still got eight minutes, 
I'm going to uh, I'll, I'll try to clarify this a little further. Um, thus, we man learned to master his own stars by eradicating his character, uh, those vibrations which attract the analogous um, disciplinary stellar influences to him. The individual may choose thus to hasten his development by speeding up the improvement in his own character, or he may take a simpler way of the heart, the way of institution and love. In this case, he will, through opening his heart in love and faith, establish a direct link with the great plan, the joy of which superconscious knowledge will uphold him through all experience. It will illuminate his path through life investing sorrows and joys with the radiance of their inner message so that he would not wish one particular of his life changed. Stone walls do not a prison make, nor do palaces make a paradise. Aluminum, illuminated poets throughout the ages have expressed these truths. Milton said that mind is its own place and in itself can make a hell of heavens or a heaven of hell. And he, we have to learn to taste. I'm sorry. We have to learn to taste life to the very dredge, dregs rather, while listening intently for the inner spiritual message which it teaches, and never losing sight of the inevitable and glorious goal of Godhood. The first step to mastery is therefore to put the mind in order to train it to work clearly and dispassionately and to establish a true perspective of life that we will have a clean, free field in which to develop the marvelous latent powers which are uh, our heritage. We must get rid of all the inhibitions, all false values, uh, uncertainties, uh, indecisions, fuzziness, restlessness, all those states which eat away the vitality of the, the body and dog. That's amazing. We have paid much money in the past to doctors and specialists to analyze our bodies for us. Finding the results not uh, quite uh, satisfactory, we instinctively turn to the psychoanalysts and psychologists, paying them to analyze that which we begin to feel in the root of our troubles. Um, that these men, and these men, do what they can for us because we have given them cause to believe that we do not care to hear the truth, namely that we could do much more for ourselves than they can do. Um, worry, rush, noise, anger, fear, and envy poison the system, such as, uh, surely as, if we took arsenic. If we err sufficiently in any of the uh, in any of those days, we die. Therefore, if we err in any legis uh, lesser degree, we are still uh, injuring ourselves. Even though death comes more slowly, we shorten our lives. It is recorded that the venom lies has been removed on the tongue of man in a rage exactly similar uh, in its constituents to the venom of a snake. Um, I think I'm going to end.
end it there. Um, there's more, but I'm a, I'm a little, um, I'm, a, I'm a rather tired and I'm getting hoarse. But I, I wanted to uh, end on this note tonight, uh, and it, just just to say that it's vital that we open the third eye in order for us to transcend the different dimensions, all right, for us to visually see and sense the, 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 our immersion into the next dimension, um, what ascension means, all right, what it is, and that is our enlightenment, that is our vibrational uh, increase, you know, uh, to to the next dimension, so that sooner within, I would even bet within the next ten years, if not five years, we are going to be bobbing in and out of a much higher higher state. Um, and, uh, we will all be um, we will all be members of this higher higher um, state of mind, you know. Uh, and I've invested monies into the future, just as many of us have, but just in the future knowing that five or ten years from now I'll be looking back at this and uh, possibly listening to the show and I will see uh, where my investment went and how uh, close to God I've become here and how close our uh, uh, our natures uh, are to our final uh, destination, which is you know ascension into one, um, and you know or a uh, comfortable, very comfortable um, knowledge and relaxation of our you know of our.